Hello. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Colton and Joe Show. Thankfully there was no audio slash connection issues. As always I hope this show will act as the perfect segue to the best weekend of your life. P.S. I probably won't be using the text-to-speech generator again so there's that. What's up? Colton! That was a success. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk at this volume the whole time in case it records quiet again because every single time... I recorded, it sounds awful. No, I'm first trying something new. I'm calling on the phone. Um, still Skype, though. I I don't know. I can't seem to find anything that is going to be, like, better than Skype that doesn't, isn't going to cost immense amounts of cash. Um, but <clears throat> that being said, we actually have some news today. Let's go. For today's, I'm hyped for today's episode because we missed the other one. So we we let yeah. we, we let some time for the NFL to marinate a little bit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got a little bit of little bit of news, more than usual at least. Two two Steelers pieces of news as a part to zero, as opposed to zero. I mean, yeah. Um, okay, I looked up NFL news, but the caps lock was on. <laughs> Just like this, just like this episode, very, starting out very hype. What is that oh, yeah, first piece of stealing news? So, um, start off with Deontay Johnson announced to the media that he played most of last season with a sports hernia, and he said about week two he was running, and it just felt like his groin was was tightening up on him a little bit. It ended up being a sports hernia, and he played basically the whole season on it, apart from those two games. So. My question becomes, if we see Deontay Johnson this season with a sports hernia injury and second and third string quarterbacks, and he still leads all rookies in receptions, my question becomes then, like, what is his ceiling for this season while healthy? Because if you remember, in the offseason, there was um, a a photo that surfaced on his Instagram story of him in a hospital bed giving like a thumbs up and said like something like I'll be back or something and that was never really addressed like no one really knew what it was and he never said anything about it so now it is we can probably assume that it was related to the sports hernia injury and assume that he's better now as he said in the in the media interview so my question becomes what is his ceiling now fully healthy with Ben Roethlisberger there, like how good can he really be? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm excited for Deontay Johnson this year. No, yeah, I, yeah. When I saw that, I was. I was. I remember seeing that on his Instagram story, and he was. Yeah, like he said, he was like, "I'll be back." Um, he's definitely gonna be. <laughs> he's gonna be a weapon this year. I think. I think this offense is gonna be. You know, I don't think it's gonna be like the best offense in the NFL. But I think we got some very underrated pieces, and I think this is going to be a team that's going to be good. I have high hopes for the NFL, for the Steelers this year. Yeah, I I don't think it would be as good as we were in like 2016, 2017, <laughs> where we like put up 30 points per game and this and that with like Le'Veon Bell and AB all all pro first teamers. But um, I think it'll 100% be a step up from from last season, where we were like 27th ranked offense or something like that. And also, uh, he Deontay Johnson also mentioned that he had previously worked out with Big Ben this off season, and mm-hmm. might go do it again, which is good because obviously a lot of those wide receiver quarterback tandems are not able to work out with each other during these times. Couple guys, him and Juju and James Conner and Switzer, among maybe others that we don't know about, have been working with Ben, which is just good. Get them back acclimated. Deontay Johnson never really got to play with Ben in any capacity, apart from those like two games that one and a half games that Ben actually appeared in. And you know, it's just cool to get their their route timing down and this and that, and it's it's nice to know that he's going to be out there working with Ben so they can 
kind of hit the ground running when the season resumes. Yeah, um, I know we didn't talk about this this right before, like we were talking about the other news. But I saw this: the NFL, the NFL owners have tabled the fourth and fifteen alternate to the offside kick. So it seems like that's not coming to fruition this year, but maybe in the future. I kind of like that. I like the direction that's in the as itself, yeah. like. Because the onside kick really is like there's really like no shot of actually converting it. Yeah. So it's really a fourth and fifteen when you when you get guys like Patrick Mahomes or like Lamar Jackson like it's good to know that you actually have a shot at converting it. But yeah, yeah I think come to I think fourth, I think if it was fourth and twenty, I think they'd have a better shot at doing it. Four, twenty yards is a really long, but it's like a really long. You know, play. You have to, twenty yards is a lot harder than fifteen. Um, but I think it, I think it just seems like that's something that's a little bit. I feel like fifteen yards. People think that it's too easy. And when it comes to to penalties, like if it, if you get a roughing the passer or something, like you know how how awful is that? Like that's like a penalty that's fifteen yards. You automatically get it. But if it was twenty, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Or like yeah. um, pass interference or something like to that effect. It's not common. Yeah. See, yeah, like that 20. definitely would be a, a common thing where you just chuck it downfield and hope for a pass interference and get the first down. Yeah, and um, I was watching a show today, and they they talked they said a lot that you know defensive ju- the defenses just came off playing that whole drive that, that the other team scored on, and then they have to go out there and do like another play and do another drive. Like I feel like the offense has already put in another advantage that they're gonna get it. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Also, I didn't, I didn't think about that part, but I, I liked the, the concept of it overall. But I didn't expect it to be ratified. But, yeah. Um. So the next, I guess I suppose it was the same. Okay. Sorry, my bad. Um, I guess it was in the same meeting that a committee approved a plan to test the preseason expanded booth to official communication. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, I, reading on I later. I hear about that. Um, yeah, it's like if it's what I think it is, it is like I'm not sure if that's exactly what it is. I heard it was a rule like that was proposed for, but it's basically like a referee that gets the TV views of things. So like if it's like a really close decision and it comes down to it on some kind of call, it's a guy that's getting those all the angles and the slow motion replays and this and that, so he's actually able to like see what we're seeing. And hopefully that will get approved, so it'll kind of cut down, hopefully, on obvious, like, pass interference things that the fans can see, but the rest can't really see that because they don't get to see those replays of every single play. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm confused. I think that what you said would make more sense, but I'll read this tweet off exactly. Also approved was the completion committee report, which includes a plan to test in the preseason Expanded booth to official communication with certain objective info. A narrow change that the broad Sky Judge proposals that were withdrawn. Okay, so yeah, I just saw Sky Judge and assumed that that was what it was. Um, so those proposals with, were withdrawn, but a notable step coach, step coaches support. That was worded weird. Um, interesting, um, but I definitely think that would be really cool. Because more or less, almost always, <laughs> you know, like I don't always agree with a lot of calls, and I'm, I'm not alone in thinking that. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So uh, the next big piece of news we have Steelers-wise, um, Minka Fitzpatrick had an interview recently talking about a lot of things, mainly the Steelers defense. Um, he was m- mentioning the possibility of him being able to kind of move around in this defense and not be stuck to that free safety spot like he kind of was last year where he didn't know the defense as well. Um, he just went on to talk about how, obviously, last year he didn't know the defense as well coming in. He didn't know the playbook as well, having to come in in week three. He just didn't know it enough to like be able to switch around all the different positions. And he said that he would be willing to move around positions if that's what they needed, and then if that's not what they needed, then he would be willing to stay. He was quoted on other occasions, however, talking about how he um, talking about how he did want to move around positions. 
And I think that if that's a possibility, and if that there's a way to make that work, in which Minka is able to move around between that free safety slot, maybe a little bit of inside corner work, maybe some linebacker work, I would really, I think that's could be a major benefit, just in the way that um, they kind of stopped throwing it to him at the back end of last season. There's a lot of people use that as like his numbers fell off at the end of the season. If you look, he was targeted twice in the final eight games of the season, which is absolutely insane. And it's it, 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 there's reason for that, obviously, because he was in such great position. But um, I feel like if you're able to move him around between the safeties and linebackers and inside corners, I think it's a lot harder to kind of determine where he is and exit off like a half of the field like they had been doing before. And it gets down to when you – when you have to make those extra communication things at the line of scrimmage to find out, you know, where's number 39 on the field, you have to, you know, obviously make those communications. It costs a little bit of time. You know, the quarterback gets the snap and he has to try to locate him because he's not going to be in the same spot over the top every time anymore. You know, just that little bit of time can be enough to get the pass rush there. And obviously we have a great pass rushing unit. Um, and just a little bit to catch the, catch the offense off guard. Obviously, the stats could his personal stats could be improved that way with, you know, maybe some more interceptions if he's playing the inside corner a little bit more, maybe some more tackles if he's playing the linebacker spot a little bit more. But the question that arises for me from that whole thing is if he's moving around, who's playing free safety? Because currently it would be like Jordan Dangerfield or um, maybe Antoine Brooks if he ends up making the roster. An intriguing thing that I've been seeing a lot about is Cam Sutton moving to the free safety spot. I I don't hate it. I think his coverage skills have shown to be really good, but my only worry is I don't know if he kind of has the range and the speed to be able to, to play the free safety spot. I think the strong safety would be pretty easy for him to, to kind of convert to. This is a thing that we get through every season, wondering if, Cam can or not Cam Canada. If uh, Cam Sutton is going to be moving to the free safety spot, um, I'd like to experiment with it maybe in preseason for me, just see if he can kind of hold his own there, because he's looked very good backing up Mike Hilton in the slot corner spot where he's kind of more of a physical guy, likes to use his hands a little bit. He's a likes to tackle. I don't know how well he would really work in free safety, but I don't see anything bad of giving it a try. Yeah, Kim Sutton is like <clears throat> he's. I think he's probably he's probably one of my like if I had to make a list of like the most underrated players on the Steelers, I'd probably put him at one. <laughs> when it comes to Steelers fans, I don't think people appreciate him enough. I think I think I don't know if I've told you this before. I feel like he might. I think he'll start with Stephen Nelson once Joe Hayden decides to retire. And that's kind of yeah. I, I don't can know. See that. He, I think he'll definitely be a starting corner at some point, whether it be after Hayden retires or if, say, we have to let Steve Nelson or Mike Hilton go for contract reasons. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So I I know that um, this is another thing we didn't talk about beforehand, but did you hear that the 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 NHL has already like made their plans for restarting their season? I think they just and at the end of the I know that they, they they just scrap the regular season and they're going like the top 24 teams making the playoffs I believe so it's a, a yeah. 12 team 12 team playoffs from each conference and I didn't see what seed the Penguins are I don't know if you happen to look at that yet uh, no I have not I can look if you want me to yeah I I don't really keep up with the NHL that much until the playoffs roll around and I that's when I really <laughs> start watching the Penguins. Because I'm, I don't know, I'm not too big of a hockey guy. Seasons, I do really like the NBA, but when it comes down to seasons with, like, a lot of games and just, I like scoring. Obviously, a lot of people do. Like, that's why I'm not the biggest, like, hockey guy or or baseball guy. When you get to, like, insane, like, very high-scoring games consist of, like, 5-5 five to five in hockey. The Penguins are fifth seed. Okay. But okay. yeah, fifty out twelve. I, I'm I not know. expecting. I'm not expecting any more championship runs. <laughs> but I'm expecting 
at least to get out of the first round, maybe the second round. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about the Penguins this year. I don't think I watched a single game. But I, I watched a I few. Thought, but I'm, I'm no big Penguins fan. It's just, it was nice, the, the back-to-back Stanley Cup years. They kind of got rid yeah. of some of my guys that I really liked, like Nick Benino. I don't, you probably don't remember him. He was, he was a guy that I really I, liked. I, I remember <laughs> I, uh, his name. He was a yeah, obviously, we, we, we got the stars with Crosby and Malkin. But will that be enough to take us to the promised land? This season, probably not. But y- you never know. I'm not, I'm not too educated on the world of the NHL, so... We'll see how that turns out, I guess. Yeah, yeah I'm not – who knows, really, but um, I thought it was really interesting how they decided to, to set up their thing. I think they had, they, I think they said there's going to be 10 hub cities, and they're going to play the playoff games in, like, all those cities so that they go to less places or something to that effect. It should be interesting to see interesting. how it all works out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of cool. Like how the, I know the NBA is talking about the most likely scenario – for, for finishing the season would be all of the games being played in like Orlando, Florida and like the Disney World courts. Yeah, I've heard about that. The biggest the biggest buzzes around, which I mean would be a lot there was talks about Vegas, but that would be kind of difficult to keep the area kind of locked off and <laughs> contained. When you go to Walt Disney World there's literally like gates. So it'd be pretty <laughs> easy to to contain it. You have to like it's just like a gated park, so it's easy to keep it closed off, and then they can just all stay at like the Disney resorts. So it could yeah, all be, that, that would be a good thing. That'd be kind of cool if you were like an NBA player and you like got to play basketball for like half the day, and then you got like other times to go around and like ride rides and stuff and just chill out in the park. Yeah, I doubt the I'm rides not... are gonna be open. Yeah, that's Maybe what I was gonna say. Open. I'm like that, the resort stuff. Like I'm sure the pools and stuff at the resorts would be open, which would still be kind of cool. And then when it comes down to it, I'm sure there's going to be like more than one team. So like, you know, you can just have some like guys from different teams just going and chilling out at the hot tub and whatever. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'll definitely be cool to see that going on. I hope you get a lot of. I hope we get a lot of coverage of that. That would be sick to watch. That, but, that would be dope. Yeah. Um, so our, our last piece of news, as far as I know, uh, was that somebody, some uh, NFL like in, insider type guy, <laughs> did like an NFL redraft, an NFL draft redraft, NFL redraft of the 2003 draft. Um, so number one, I only know the top four. Number one was Tony Romo. Uh, he was undrafted in that draft, as far as I know. So that's interesting to think that, that he like. In the redraft, he played like the best out of everyone. Arguably, he was the best player from that whole year, even though he was not drafted at all. Um, number two was Carson Palmer. Quite interesting there. He, I know he bounced around a good bit. He went first overall, but he went first overall to the Bengals in real life. But in the redraft, he went number two. Number three was Andre Johnson to the Texans. That happened in real life, so... Um, interesting enough there. And number four was Troy Polamalu. Polamalu was picked 16th by the Steelers in real life, but in the redraft, he was picked fourth by the, um, maybe, I think it might have been Redskins. I can't remember now. I think it was the Jets. Oh, yeah, you're correct. It was the Jets. Um, maybe Troy Polamalu first overall in a redraft. Obviously, that wouldn't happen in real life. I think if it would, I think if it was on pure, like, who had the best career, it would obviously be Polamalu. But you, it, when it comes down to it, if you need a quarterback and you maybe you also need a safety, you're going to go get the quarterback if you have the number one overall pick. So I I don't have a problem with it. The one that kind of is like iffy to me is Andre Johnson. He obviously had a great career, Hall of Fame possibly career. But I think I would probably rather have Paul Molly than Andre Johnson. I'm not 100% sure how the Texans team was structured that year, but if I had the pick and I know the career, how they're going to pan out, I'll definitely take Paul Mullen. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how how these redrafts are done. Uh, yeah, we said we want to do one of these sometime. Like, almost a whole episode dedicated to, to a redraft. But that's definitely a future project. I'd have to put some, put some hours into looking in the teams and, you know, 
old articles from the, that day and age to to see who the real prospects were. But maybe maybe next week we'll do one of those or or the week after that. But it's that's a pretty big project. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's up to you whenever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it can be cool. And then stuff like that is always good time fillers for times like this where there's no real news. Stuff like that or like fantasy big boards whenever fantasy season rolls around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know this is this is kind of weird and a little bit off the the base, like off the topic of what we were talking about. But all of the hype has been around Pittsburgh going out and picking up Cam Newton. And I, as much as I think Cam, Cam it would be cool to have Cam on the team. But it's just not, we're not, for one, we are not in the cap situation where we could really afford taking on Cam's salary unless he's willing to take a big old pay cut. Um, I don't think Cam's coming for the amount of money we're going to pay him. I that, I saw the reports that said he was willing to be a backup now, which is obviously good if we wanted to sign him. I seriously doubt it. I think we're like the number two odds to sign him at the at currently. And all the media is saying that we would be the best option for him, but... I don't see that. Obviously, as you know, we're not really big spenders when it comes to free agency and the big name guys. No team really wants to have a celebrity backup quarterback, as as Colin Coward puts it very elegantly. When um, <laughs> it, it, it like the celebrity backups who are like really good like Cam Newton would be if if Big Ben has like two bad games in a row you're going to have the fans clamoring for Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. what we Steelers do not want to do. They want to just 100% hand the team over to Big Ben for his last two seasons mm-hmm. and say this is your team rock with it. They don't want Cam Newton lurking in the background. Um in a nutshell, it wouldn't be too bad just to have that security of a very good backup quarterback like Cam Newton would be just to be able to come in and, and run that offense and how, you know, kind of have a similar body style to Big Ben where he's able to just be really big and buff and be able to stay in the pocket and take some hits like Big Ben can. Obviously, it'd provide a little different of an element in the running game with obviously his ability to do that is a lot more frequently used than that of Big Ben's. So it'd be kind of cool to have him as a backup, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, if Ben like throws like he just like comes in on the first drive and he like throws a a bomb and he like just misses the target by maybe like a yard or two or something. And then like you can just hear like the crowd screaming, Put Cam in you know, like that I know that's gonna happen. And yes. I the only situation in which I see the Steelers signing Cam Newton is if Big Ben goes down, like has another yeah, he's an ending injury or something, or maybe even if it's just four weeks, I I see them bringing in Cam. Yeah, like because if, if it's maybe like down the stretch, and it's playoff yeah. push time, and Big Ben goes down, I don't think he really. I don't have a grasp of like when the schedule gets tough for us. I know we have one of the easiest schedules in the league, but uh, you know maybe if it's just playoff push time and you don't want to kind of take that risk with Mason Rudolph down the stretch. You throw Cam a little contract, and he obviously gives you a better chance to be in football games than Mason Rudolph does. So I could the only I'm with you. That's the only scenario that I really see it happening if if there's a in season injury to Big Ben. Yeah, <clears throat> because pretty much everything I've seen is like exactly what you said. No one wants to make Ben mad. Like this team is really primed, and I think we could. With such a good defense and many underrated targets and on offense and obviously two good tight ends and wide receivers like young wide receivers that are probably going to take a step forward this year with with Ben or you know Cam Newton if Big Ben gets injured um, and an offensive line that's aging but still very competent you know James Conner is looking ripped on his Instagram. There he is. <laughs> There was that he one picture so- on the NFL Instagram today. Uh, I'm sure you saw it. I don't even like. His back was so big. He was like <laughs> yeah. turned around, and I know how you like. I've seen things of like, you go like, put your arms in the air and try to like, 
get that certain like muscle under your biceps to like pop out a little bit and then you put your arms down and try to keep the muscle extended but like that's just unnatural looking how, yeah. how big that is his upper body was so big but his his like chest like his abdominal area was like so much smaller than like his back looked it was so weird he's yeah it, he, it was that was funky but he, he is looking swole yeah if he can i i don't know maybe i never thought his rookie year he he looked kind of skinny and small and he had a season ending injury obviously his rookie year pretty early in um but obviously his second year he he did good he might have missed one or two games i can't remember how many year games he missed mm-hmm. the year that he was really good went to the pro bowl obviously last year he missed a lot of games but yeah. like i don't think his i don't think his like strength was ever an issue when it comes to like i don't think he was like weak and that's why he got injured so much but maybe it is maybe maybe he's going to stay healthy this whole year and go off again. That'll be that, that would add another be nice. element to this team. And and speaking of James Conner, it was the four-year anniversary of him being cancer-free either yesterday or two days ago or, or sometime this week. So uh, big congrats to him. Heck yeah. That's, That's I really want to get – I really want to read his book. It was like fear is just a choice. I really want to read his book. I'm not a big book reader. Um, it's yeah, taken I'm, I'm with you. And that would be a cool book to read if I ever decided to get into reading, but I'm just not that guy. So, uh, yeah, I have this book. It's called Chuck Noll, A Winning Way. And I've been trying to read it since last summer, and I'm like, I I have not dedicated a lot of time to reading it. I go yeah, through I faces. I, um, I can't read but, books. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I can get through them fast if I really like put my mind to it, but I don't enjoy it. I mean, I can do it for school easily but i don't want to like in my free time i have better things to do yeah i have i have a lot of really cool books that are interesting stories and things like fighting back by rocky blyer story of how you know he went to war in vietnam and obviously like was almost fully paralyzed came back and like helped the steel lead the steelers to to that super bowl run those four years there um Mm -hmm. that seemed like a really interesting book i got really into this book like in the fall, the technical book was when I read the the bulk of that one fourth of the book that I've read, um, because that was right before track, and I was like, I'm gonna learn to be a winner. <laughs> that didn't didn't pan out very well. I mean, because I didn't really get to, I only got to run at one track meet. Um, and, I'll, and I have another book. It's called you know Monday Morning Quarterback by Peter King. It's just like a compilation of all of his articles and stuff. It's interesting to read from time to time, but I'm not even yeah. close to completing all of them. So. It's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I, I would like to be a guy that reads, but I can't. I just, I just don't find it interesting to me. The only book I've ever got into and like actually wanted to read was The Hunger Games. And I never read it at my house, still. I, I just I had to read books for school, and that's the one I chose. And that was the only book that I was ever like wanted to read. Yeah, I like when I was younger, I used to, to like like to read. A little bit. I was, you know, you. I'm sure, you, like, you remember me when I was in sixth grade. I'm sure, I was, yeah. I was quite overweight to say the least. And like, uh, I didn't want to. I was right there. I was, I was overweight, and you know, I was in seventh grade when you were in sixth. So. Yeah, yeah, but I've, I like, I like to think I got more weight. I've, I'm putting a little bit of weight. My exercise regimen has gotten a little bit off, off track in the last week or so, because. My sister's uh, graduation party's been coming up. I know you know about that, obviously. I, I got the invite right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, but my mom wants to like do like house improvements and stuff, which I mean, I'm for the most part, I'm all in. But she wakes up like a little bit earlier than me. But like before, I'd wake up earlier, and then I could like do schoolwork and stuff, and then uh-huh. I'd exercise like right when she woke up, and she was doing other things. But now she wakes up like before me. And she wants to do stuff right away, so I haven't had enough time to like run and stuff. But I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I like. I don't know what time she wakes up, but I want to wake up before her so I can get back on my like like little bit of a routine I had there in the midst of quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, uh, yeah. It's always nice to get that routine going. I haven't been able to get much of a like real routine going in the ways of of working out. I got 
my weight set downstairs. It's not like a great weight set. It's just like a machine that you can bench and like bicep pull down bars and you can do like a leg press, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't have all the options in the world and it's not like amazing because it goes from like the weights are in increments of like 30 pounds. Oh so boy. It's like, it's like the 30 pound and then 60 and then 90 and then it's like, so I can't really like get a weight down that I really like for the amount of reps that I'm doing. So let's yeah. say I want to bench hypothetically, I want to, I can bend 90s like too little, but 120 would be too much hypothetically. So I just kind of yeah. have to bench 90 if I want to get enough reps, reps in. So it's uh, just a pain in the butt. Yeah, you, yeah, you're, no, it's, like, sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah, you're good. I was done. Okay. So, yeah, I don't really have much exercise equipment per se here, but I like when I was younger, um, my uncle got these weights because he he's a doctor, so he used those for like teach the his patients exercises and such things. But he doesn't really use them that much anymore. So the heaviest one he had is 10 pounds. And he, he gave it to me, but that's, like, the heaviest weight I have. And clearly, I can lift more than 10 pounds, but, like, I don't have anything heavier than 10 pounds to use. So, I, like, my arms have diminished in size quite a bit. So, I've been trying to, like, when I do exercises, I try to do, like, use my body as a weight, because... Mm-hmm. There's always push-ups and, and pull-ups and curls, or not curls, like, you get my sit-ups and this and that. You can do body weight exercises and box jumps and squats and all that like the 10 pound weight you could do 10 pound weight like squats and stuff and just get that little extra bit in but i was always i'm always a big advocate of like pull-ups and sit-ups yeah i like i like sit-ups and i'm not great at doing pull-ups that's something i've been working on is doing pull-ups better but um i've always been an animal in squats i'm sure you remember team camp i was like i was going hard on those squats I did. Yeah. I didn't. I got. Well, I thought you did. Nah, that other kid that I forget what his name is. Uh, the... He who. We're not even gonna talk about him. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to uh, go okay. on. <laughs> public. I don't, dis... to, I don't need to publicly diss him. Yeah. I, no, but I didn't. Like, I could have went. I could have went a lot longer than that. But the next day, like, I was. Again. Okay, yeah, I could go a lot longer than that. I was. I was tired. We did a lot of squats. But, um, like, I, we, we do a lot of games and stuff out there. Like, I don't want to be, com- like, my legs be completely burnt out just because our weird. dorm that, room. That night was so weird because I was caught, me and a friend, obviously you knew who he is, were caught, like, out. We were, we were like, out of the dorm pass when we were supposed to be in it. Yeah, and yeah. And he was, like, freaking out, and he was, like, lights out early. And then we ended up not going to bed for, like, four hours past it because he would be doing, like, push-up competitions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was like, he was like, whoever does the most squats, I'll give a pack of Doritos too. And I was like, I'm not gonna do like 300 squats just for a pack of Doritos when we're doing all this stuff the next day. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a good night. Uh, <laughs> we have we have a lot of funny stories from team camp. We were, we don't need to go on all the all those <laughs> right yeah, now. It was, a, it was an interesting time. Sadly, uh, it's canceled for the year. That's a big risk. Yeah, but. I. I'm pretty sure Butler County is going into green next week, like green space. So yeah, that's nice. Like I don't live in Butler, but that's where the green county where I live is going to be. Afterwards, like probably a week. We were a week after going into the yellow, so we're probably going to be about a week after going into green. Yeah, yeah, I, I live in Beaver County. Yeah, you probably know that, and. Yeah, they've they've held out on giving us like all of West Western Pennsylvania has pretty much all changed, uh, like the color from from red to yellow at the same time, except Beaver County, for seemingly. Oh, you're no. still in red. No, no, we're getting yellow now, but oh, okay. I'm pretty sure every county in Western Pennsylvania is turning to to green in like next week, and it's probably going to be like another week afterwards, just like the same as yours. I see. I know, like Philadelphia and all the counties like surrounding it. Like right down in the in the southeastern corner, they're all still red. At least so, as of last time I checked, they haven't even turned yellow yet. 
so uh, obviously, uh, like as most people, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, we we don't live very close together. So um, don't you live like close to what like West Virginia? Is that correct? Yeah, my house is probably 15 minutes from West Virginia border. That is that is sick. My I'm probably like 15 minutes from Ohio, so maybe even less. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it depends, you know, the speed at which you go, obviously, but it's, it's probably 15, it's probably about 15 minutes, I'd say, but that's, yeah. that's cool, but yeah, I, I wish we could, uh, we don't do, like, we would, my, uh, sorry, I just got a Snapchat, that's, I don't know, I need to figure out how to shut off notifications for the next episode, so you don't hear, meh, meh, when we're talking, but, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, if, if, yeah, we need to do something, like, we gotta get the gang for uh together since we don't have camp this year yeah that definitely that'd definitely be nice at some point this summer well yeah i'm kind of so, an honorary member i'm not sure if i really yeah, count you. Way, but i i count you oh uh, thanks so I, back, think, I think i think you, if i wasn't there i'm not sure if people would really met like care that much but like if when i am there i definitely spice it up a little bit i try to spice it up a little bit <laughs> you do strike it up a little bit. I'll, I'll give you that one. But, um, so is last that, week, do I spice up it, in a it's good, good way? It's good. It's good. Ah, that's good. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, a situation there on the air, you're going to be uh, like, no. Like, I hate when you're there. <laughs> I would never. Ah, oh, thanks, man. See, so, this is why this is why it's the Colton and Joe show, not the Colton and yes. rest of the game show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so last um, week we did our predictions for AFC South and North, and this week we're going to continue that trend with the AFC East and West, and give our our little record predictions and and explanations with that. So I started last week, so you start this time. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that. Um, so we'll start with the AFC East. At first place in the AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills. 10 and 6. Say what you will about their their offense. Their defense is dominant. So obviously, um, we've talked about the Bills a lot in the show. I think Josh Allen's going to take a big step. Obviously, the addition of Stephon Diggs, big deal. Um, Devin, Devlin, Devin Singletary, um, great running back. And they added that guy from Wisconsin. Uh, K-Makers? Jack That's not his name. They added Zach yeah. Moss. I'm not, he might have been from Wisconsin. I really don't know. I'll try to yeah, see on it. I know it was a Wisconsin running back. I couldn't remember what his name was. But, yeah, so I think they're going to – that's a good one-two punch as far as I know. I don't have much to say. I think they're I think they're simply better than the rest of the teams in the ASC East at the moment. And, you know, I unless Josh Allen takes a big step back, I really don't think he's going to do that. I think their team is, has got that kind of in the bag per se. Uh, at second place in the AFC East, I have the New York Jets at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I think their team's pretty underrated, but their offensive line still is a little bit sus. Um, they're still lacking some targets at wide receiver, even though they drafted Denzel Mims. They still lost Robbie Anderson. Jamison Crowder's still there, number two guy. He's pretty solid, but uh, you know, Say what you will, they just don't have that the number one guy just yet. They just have Lovion Bell, but as was said, sus offensive line. Who knows how we'll, he'll do this year? I think he'll do better. Obviously, that that first round draft pick, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Makai Beckton, oh man, your guy. <laughs> I think I think he'll I think he's a big addition, but you know, I, I still think they need a little bit more work. Sam Ronald. He was pro ready going in. He's still he's still good. He was one of the the best quarterbacks finishing off the season. Um, for for seemingly no reason, because it only made their draft stock worse. But I am you know appreciate his competitiveness, and I think I think that t- record could easily go up. But I still don't think they're going to do better than the Bills. Um, who knows? At third, I have the Patriots at six and ten. You know their defense. Didn't lose too many pieces. Kyle Van Noy, I know that's probably the biggest deal. They drafted, with their first pick, they drafted like a a no-name safety that I 
didn't even know he existed. Oh, yeah, to I do remember that. He was like some like D2 or D3 guy. Yeah, it was and so... I knew his name like yesterday, but I can't remember it, honestly. So, yeah, I'm not... I mean, Belichick probably knows what he's doing. I mean, of course he knows what he's doing. He's freaking Belichick. But um, I think that's, like, who knows? It, it depends on Sidham. They still have practically zero targets at wide receiver, as far as I know, other than Edelman. Um, in that they have that draft pick, uh, J.J. Arcega. No, that's the, the, that's the Eagles, Eagles draft pick. They got Nikhil Harry from last year's draft pick. Yeah, that's why. That's who I was thinking of. Um, you know, who knows? That's a kind of a toss-up. And of, of course, last, the only last, the only team left is the Miami Dolphins, five and eleven. You know, it. You know, who knows? Who knows with them? Devontae Parker's a stud. I'm honestly don't really know who's on their who's on their offensive line. But if I had to take a wild guess, it probably isn't very good. <laughs> they picked up Kyle Noy and Byron Jones in free agency, so. That seems like a very interesting um, defense. It could take steps forward. Obviously, the lost wink of Patrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they have, a, they have a mistake. They have big holes. Uh, I honestly don't know who's in the front seven other than Kyle Van at the moment. Obviously, with your football IQ off the charts, we'll know literally every player. <laughs> no, I'm not on front seven. Kyle Van might be the only one I know, too. Yeah, they're just kind of a no-name team, and you know the rumors were that they were that they were tanking last year, so they they don't have many good players. I think I think Fitzpatrick will probably start most of the year, but two will, I, my prediction is that two will probably start maybe the last three four games just for the heck of it to get him some some reps in there because Fitzpatrick probably is not not the guy going forward. Yeah, probably not. But so. I guess I'll do AFC East and then you go West next and we'll alternate like that. So my East, yeah, yeah. I obviously have, as well as pretty much everyone else on this plane, I have the Bills at number one. I'll, I'll probably get, it's either 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 for me. I haven't really taken a look at their schedule. I'll, I'll get 10 and 6, I guess. Um, I don't know. Josh Allen's really, he played very well last year. I think he's only going to go up from here, the addition of Stephon Diggs. Obviously, they drafted Zach Moss, lost Frank Gore, so it's not like any major movement up or down production-wise. Um, I, I like the offense. Obviously, the defense is, is very good. So I'm, I'm liking them to win that division uh, kind of on the backs of the defense. But with Stephon Diggs, their, their offense definitely should be a lot better. John Brown was a very underrated receiver last year, in my opinion. Um, so that's my number one team. My number two is where it gets tough. I'm going to, I'm going to go Miami at number two. That's, I don't know what I want to put them. Miami or New York are really my, my two and three teams. I would have said New York about two weeks ago before the schedule release came out. I'm going to say Miami at eight and eight is what I'm going to say is the number two in the division. I think I've seen reports recently that said they're more than willing to play two early in the season. I think if they're going for wins, that would be the best thing that they could do. But I, I wouldn't do that if I was the head coach or if I was the GM or anything, I would not want to play too early, but I, I see why you'd want to, but there have been reports that they would be uh, completely willing to do that. I think, They've done nothing but improved roster-wise. They drafted very well with, obviously, two. They drafted an offensive lineman, Austin Jackson, and corner uh, Noah Igbenogany. They went out and got two good running backs in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida in the offseason. So that's actually a pretty solid one-two punch there. They've obviously got <laughs> they got Devontae Parker, who was in the, the Michael Thomas beef earlier, like last week. He was a very underrated receiver. I could definitely see him sprouting into a top 10 receiver in the league this season. They got Albert Wilson as well in the receiving core. Mike Jasicki is a tight end that I really like, who I think can make a, a big impact this season. And then on the defense, they, they've they got three very good corners now in Byron Jones, 
Xavier Howard and no Igbenogany. That I don't, I'm not gonna say he's a very good corner, but he's a first round draft pick. The other two are very good corners. They, as you mentioned, Calvin Noyon is on that team. So their their team is looking a lot better than it was looking last year. They're not gonna be a playoff team, I don't think. But I think two has kind of got that it factor, and I think they can bring it to eight and eight. And then I got the Jets. I think the Jets are a more talented team than Miami, but I think the schedule does not work in their favor. Looking at it, it's kind of they don't have really any stretch of games that it's like, okay, we should win a bunch of games here. It's like kind of hard right at the beginning, hard right at the end, and kind of hard right in the middle. So I don't. I'm gonna have them at seven and nine. I I like the team, and I think if they if the roles were reversed when it comes to Miami versus Jets schedule, I think. The Jets go nine and seven, maybe maybe even ten and six. But I like Darnold. I like Bell. I think Bell will perform a lot better behind Mackay Becton because you saw in Pittsburgh he really likes with his kind of tiptoe behind the backfield style. He really likes the big offensive lineman like Mackay Becton that he just got. Like he was a big Ramon Foster guy when he was in Pittsburgh. So um, they they drafted Mims. They, their receiving core isn't great. It's not amazing, but they got still Jamison Crowder, and they brought in um, Rashad Perryman from Tampa Bay. Got Chris Herndon, the tight end. And defense, they obviously have, in my opinion, the best safety in this league in Jamal Adams. So um, I like I like the direction they're going in, but I, I don't think they're going to be that great of a team record-wise. And then the last place, they got New England. I It's tough to put them in last. I'm going to say... Six and ten. I think Stidham will be good enough to get them six wins, and that's about it. Because I, I think as much as Belichick wants to win, he's not going to. I think the defense, they lost Kyle Van Noy, who was probably the second-best player on that defense, in my opinion, unless maybe you want to throw in Devin McCourty at the second-best. They also lost Jamie Collins, which is which was a big a big loss as well. Um, so I'm going to have them at six and ten at the bottom of the division. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, you have some good reasoning behind your, your decisions there. Sorry, I, like, somehow I shook my head. I agree with your uh, decision-making, but we're both in the same group chat, and we just got a message, so I just had to chuckle to myself there. <laughs> um, um, I feel it, yeah. Obviously, uh, with the AFC East, number one is fairly obvious at the moment. Defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll probably go with 13-3, and three, not going to lie. They, I, can see I don't know much about, I don't know much about their uh, their schedule. Maybe they have a rough schedule, but I think it's pretty middle of the pack when it comes to to heart, to like difficulty. I'm not really sure. I can't say anything with a certain. Yeah, I don't but. keep up with too many schedules. Obviously, I keep up with with ours, and I saw the Jets was very difficult, and that's about it. Yeah. Um. That being said, I know they. Like, they pretty much kept all of their team. I think that's going to be a big deal with this accelerated off-season programs and stuff. I think it's going to be it's going to be a really big deal for for them keeping most of their team together. Uh, at second place, I have the Broncos, 10-6. and six. I, I'm a big fan of the Broncos. Obviously, I think they have one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL at the moment with Cortland Sutton, KJ, not KJ Hamler, um, Hamilton, first name. Escapes me at the moment. Yeah, it's um, oh, uh, Is it Kobe Hamilton? No, that's <laughs> that was a Steeler. Okay, I know KJ Hamler. I don't know. If uh, that's KJ Hamler in the draft, speedster. Um, I think mean, I think they're a team that's really going to be pretty good this year. As far as I know, they they really did did good in the draft, and it all depends on that quarterback play. I said a lot, but I believe. That he's going to take a big step forward. Uh, at second place, I mean third place, I have the Chargers. The Chargers, nine and seven. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think he's he's a, he's kind of a winner. I think he'll he'll will the team to, to victory. That I don't think he'll have to try incredibly hard though. They have a pretty talented team around him, and and honestly, I'm kind of a believer in that. <laughs> the Chargers. Um, nine and seven might be a little bit low. I think they can go either way, but 
I I watched a video um about them recently and they the video in the video <clears throat> they talked about how the Chargers have had a lot of stadium troubles in the past that I was not fully updated on. Obviously I knew they had troubles in San Diego and moved to, to LA or, or I mean Las Vegas. Um yeah, LA. Los Angeles. Yeah. My bad. Um but they they played in like a soccer stadium and like they got sold out with other teams' fans and stuff. Like it was not a, a good environment to play in and I think uh I think hopefully that will t- they'll take a step forward when it comes to team people playing you know, their fans coming out for them a little bit more. I would hope. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for them a little bit. Um, sorry, I rambled on there. And last, Raiders six and ten. I know we talked about how we think Henry Ruggs probably has the highest potential to be a draft bust this year, just because that he was the number. T- obviously, he was a number two guy in that Alabama system. He wasn't even number one. He's just really fast, and that was obviously the only reason he was drafted. Derek Carr. I think he's he's a talented quarterback, but I'm not sure if he'll, he'll get it done with with just the the team that's around him. He's in, it's another, it's another team. I don't know much about their offensive line, but if I had to take a wild guess, it's probably mediocre at best. They have a, <laughs> Rodney Hudson is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Jacobs is a stud stud running back. Um, he's a, definitely a player out of one of my team, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that defense, uh, their secondary is pretty, pretty bad. Um, they have Max Crosby. I remember him. He was, he was a good rookie. Yeah, he was a pretty good rookie. Um, he had generated good, good production, but who really knows? Um, that's my prediction for the the AFC West. Right there. So, so for me. Um, I'm going to same order teams as you. KC at number one. I don't know when I put them. It's 12 and four, 13 and three. It's tough for me to really put a team at 13 and three. I like never really do that. But I'm going to say Chiefs 13 and three this time. Because if you look at it, who have they really lost that was like a big piece of the team? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, really, you you bring back Mahomes, you bring in the Edwards Hilaire, who's probably going to be the starter over Damian Williams. You retain Kelsey Hill, Robinson Watkins. They still have Mitchell Schwartz on the line. You retain Chris Jones. You turn, uh, just a lot of those defensive pieces, Tyron Matthew. So you 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 kind of keep the whole team. I like them to be thirteen and three, win the division. I also have the Broncos at ten and six <laughs> at the second seed. I think. Like you said, it all comes down to how Drew Locke plays. He's got a great receivers, tight ends. His offensive line is very improved. Then you go to the the defense, and you have Von Miller. Bradley Chubb is going to be coming back this season. You get A.J. Boye, Justin Simmons, and Kareem Jackson in the secondary. All three very good pieces back there. And then uh, Chargers, I'm going to have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Tyrod Taylor is a winner, but I don't know how we're really, like, how much he's going to do, because you think he hasn't really started a football game in over a year now. I like them to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I think Tyrod Taylor, I could see them going higher with Tyrod, but that's what I'm going to say for now. And then I got I got Oakland at, probably, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna say 5-11 and 11 for Oakland. I just, I think Carr has seemingly regressed, whether that be, he just doesn't really fit with Gruden or not, but I Carr has not been performing as well as he should have been on the defense they got rid of so many pieces on that defense just as time goes on. And it's just I don't really see them keeping up with many people, and the pieces aren't really there apart from Max Crosby. And I don't think they had a good draft, and I don't think they had a good draft last year either apart from Max Crosby because it, when, it, when it comes down to it, they're a team that likes the guys they like, and they draft them where they have, whatever pick they have. So last year they drafted Cleveland Farrell fourth overall. You could have drafted back to, say, 10th and drafted Cleveland Farrell, but they didn't. This year, they drafted Damon Arnett, the corner. I think he was a guy that could have gone in the second round. Just there. So many. Henry Ruggs, I think they could have traded back and drafted him. 
there's just a lot of guys on that Oakland team that the draft I don't like. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is a stud. I think he's going to be the one that will them to whatever wins that they get. But they got Tyrell Williams, I guess, who's not bad. Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro in the receiving core, but I don't know. Uh, they, they have Darren Waller as well. I think he's a very underrated tight end. No one really thinks of him. They brought in Jason Witten. He probably won't be too big of a contributor, but I like I like Darren Waller as a piece a lot. Jalen Richard, the backup running back, and but um I like them at five eleven. That's my prediction. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's <clears throat> they're definitely they're kind of another team like the Jags. I, there's just not much about them I like. Um, it's just. It just, it just is what it is. Um, I think I thought our AFC West would be different, um, like yeah, more I, different. Oh, we had a couple of different records. You had the yeah, Chargers going a little bit worse, and you also had the Raiders going a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, but I, a team I like, I really want to watch some Bronco get Broncos games this year. I'm not sure if the Steelers are playing mm-hmm. them. But yeah, I, I, I know like, we I, play them at some point early season. I want to say week three is the game. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, but I'm, I will definitely be looking forward to that game. And Broncos are definitely a team I'll be tuning into very frequently. Yeah. If I if I had to choose between like, you know, some random team I don't really care about that much on on CBS or like the the Broncos on Fox, I'm definitely gonna tune into Fox. Or either way, I think I'd probably choose choose the Broncos either way. Like I don't really care if it's CBS or Fox that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm with you, but that's. They're going to be definitely a very fun team to watch this season. It comes down to Drew Law for me. Definitely, definitely. All right, so now if um, you still want to do it, we can still do, our, I think, our segment where we debate which player is better. has been a little bit more more than I mean, as has been awful. I think it's, it's good conversation for sure, but we all more than likely will agree with uh, which player is yeah. better? Well, um, this is the only one I thought of pretty much this whole time is Alvin Kamara versus Ezekiel Elliott. Who do you choose? I'm going Ezekiel Elliott. I I I see the look on your face. You're an Alvin Kamara guy. No, no, I'm, that's... I'm, I'm, uh, you wanted me to disagree then. No, yeah, I'm yeah, I was, going I, was Zeke. Hoping, uh, I was hoping I'm we could going debate Zeke. For me, Zeke, I haven't formally ranked my like top whatever running backs in the league. I'm gonna put Zeke probably third or fourth overall. Um, I I like Kamara a lot more, but I think he's a lot more of a of a threat in the receiving game, and he's a lot more elusive. But I think, as I like to say, um, availability is a skill, and Kamara has a lot larger of an injury history than Elliot does. I think Elliot's just more of a dominant force to me, and he kind of carries that Cowboys offense when he's on the field. Uh, that's just... that's It's close. Kamara's probably top five running back, but I'm going to go with, with Zeke in this scenario. I, yeah, I really wanted us to like, disagree this time. Uh, but sadly, I cannot lie, I think Ezekiel Elliott is better too. When it, com- when it comes down to this, like, Zeke has had, like, off-the-field issues a little bit. Um, I know he got suspended there for a little bit. Well, like, maybe two years ago or last year or whatever. Um, so if you say, like, availability is a skill, I'm not really sure Alvin Kamara is super injury-prone. Alvin Kamara is super efficient, and when he's on the field, he does well. But, you know, obviously, he's never been the workhorse back, and it works for him, but... To me, like if, if there's gonna be a, if you're a good running back, like Christian McCaffrey to me is almost like the perfect running back. He can catch the ball. He like he's the workhorse back. Like, he's on the field all the time. He's you know a good runner too. Um, mm-hmm. so I like I don't have much to say about like like I don't think of many problems with Christian McCaffrey's play. But when it comes to Kamara, like if you think there's durability issues with him, and he like there's Latavius Murray this. Latavius Murray this year, they got tons of snaps at running back, and Kamara just came in as like a change of pace guy. Obviously, Kamara is super efficient, but Ezekiel Elliott ha- probably has the same efficiency 
and is in the is in a lot more except that there was Tony Pollard this year I guess yeah. so so he he took the load off of Zeke a little bit more but I I still either way I still think Zeke's better and that's I'm with you I'm with you so uh I mean that's about all I got for today before we before we sign off I gotta mention that uh we are now on Apple Podcasts I just yeah. got that set up this past week so we are on Spotify and Apple are the two main platforms, too much popular. What What are the other ones that we were on, Joe? Um, we're technically on Google Podcasts, but if I when I look up the Colton and Joe show, it doesn't show up. Um, we're on Anchor FM. That is our our podcast hosting platform. You can listen to it on there, but no one ever does. I can check real quick. Say them all. Uh, also, just. Just a side note, I actually contacted KidBunk7749. It's not KidBunk. He's my cousin, and he makes some sick beats. And I I texted him and was like, hello, would you be interested? Like, not would you be interested, but like, could you make like an intro song for me and Colton's show? And he never said anything back. I don't even think he opened it yet. So maybe, maybe, maybe like. New, obvious, like automatically new, and he just like started cooking up beats right away. I think that'd be I cool. Can I hope. can help. We all love Kid Kid Punk. I'm one of yeah. the two uh, Spotify followers. <laughs> so, yeah. Sadly, I, I may not ever see him again. In all honesty. <laughs> yeah. But, Sorry, it's loading up a little bit here. Um, but you available on five platforms. Let's see. So you can listen to it on. Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So, so there's six, I suppose. Oh, never mind. There's uh, there's seven, if we count. So that's pretty cool. There you go. We, have not, we haven't put the the um Apple Podcasts in here technically yet, so that is not in addition to our demographics. Not that many people listen to the show just yet, but our views are steadily rising. Let's see. Like, how many people listen to our last show? I'm gonna Apple Podcast would be a big, a big uh, thing in the ways of getting more viewers. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm not exactly That's... sure how the promotion works on there with hey, when it just comes to like sports podcast wise, but it's just a so, bigger platform. So you know, if, you know, if some point we start getting a decent amount of people. Apple is uh, is just a big spreading platform, and that's where I listen on my podcast on personally. And we're discussing mm-hmm. maybe trying to get on YouTube at some point. So if you guys are YouTube listeners, then maybe we will be starting to accommodate you in that regard soon. Yeah, and if we're on YouTube, we can do. We don't have to only post like the the audio, or not or not only the the podcast. We we can obviously do the picture sometime if we. That's yeah, future thing. You guys will be able to see our beautiful faces conversing with each other yeah um and then you know other than that we can we don't have to do only like podcasts we can hopefully play some play some video games sometime or something you know yeah. maybe a couple like vlogs that's kind of lame but um that's that would be cool sometime so let's see cool episode the colton show episode one has the most episodes at 18, but 16 were on the other platform that we used, so that kind of stinks. Episode 2 has three listens. Colton and Joe show episode 4 has four listens, so uh, Anchor counts episode 3 as our most played episode, and our Memorial Day show had three plays. So this show will probably have more, just because we put it on another platform. Well, we'll find out, I guess, but it's, it is nice to be on Apple, I must admit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, so that's yeah. pretty much it for this week. Um, I mean, when's the, when's the next one? Is it, when's the next one? Saturday? Uh, well, we're, we can record on Saturday or Sunday. So the next okay. one will be, we only, yeah, we only posted two times this week. We, we really want to post three times a week. But that's my bad. Colton was busy all day and he could only record late at night. And I was super tired that day, and I just kind of fell asleep. So hopefully, conflicting schedules, but we should yeah. be able to get back on schedule. Uh, I mean, have a 
I hope you guys all had a good weekend Memorial Day wise. Hope you have another yeah. good one coming up here and uh, catch you guys later, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Weekends are always lit. And um, just just yeah, this is the end of the show. But if you're Ryan Switzer, Eli Rogers, or Vince Williams, and you decided not even to open up my direct message and tell me that you didn't want to be on the show, then that's kind of lame. All right, bye. If you're one of like the 15 foreign NBA players that I messaged in their uh, in their <laughs> in their native language and you didn't open mine. There's more than 15. There's probably like 27 that I messaged and like. I went into like Latvian and Croatian and French and Japanese and all, all these places. I am different. And Slovenian and. Boy, if you're putting all these effort to get play people on the show, I'm gonna have to like step up my my numbers a little bit. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, have right, a good one, Joe. Have seconds. a good one, all you guys. Peace. <laughs> yep. Yeah, amen. If you want to be a guest on the show, DM me on Instagram at the period Steelers period reporter or email me at josephoco1022 at gmail.com.